Chapter Seven of Black Paul by Ben Ames Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. After the fight with his son, a change came over Captain Paul, a change which made the missionary uneasy. Black Paul said to him next day, Well, father, you were a true prophet. The thing came about as you said, but you see, it is finished, with no harm done at all. It has come, said the missionary, but it is not finished. You're a persistent prophet, at least, the captain answered. What more will there be? The other replied, Have you marked the mate's fashion of whispering among the crew? Yes, Red was always a whisperer. Is there no harm to be foreseen in that? Black Paul chuckled and waved his hand. I'm harsh with my men, but they love me, he boasted. They even tell me what Red whispers to them. Not one would listen to him. Not one? the missionary asked, and Black Paul said again, Not one. He spoke surely, but there was doubt in him. There was a dreadful doubt which he would not admit, but could not down. He had seen, as well as any man, the blackness of Red's heart in the man's eye after their conflict. He had seen the evil in the man, and because Red was his son, and because Red was evil, Black Paul's heart was near the breaking point. He hid this, or sought to hide it, as he was accustomed to hide all the tragedy in his life. He became more boisterous, more bold, more given to the mockery of his laughter. A devil of recklessness came to life in him. The native decency of him was drowned in the agony of Red's self-betrayal. Red was his son, his only blood in all the world, and if Red Paul were worthless, what was there left in life? What use in righteousness? Hand in hand with this recklessness of despair, there was another and uglier impulse stirring in him. There had never been for him but one woman. There never could be another, he told himself, whom he would not scorn. And yet he could not scorn Ruth Lytton. There was tenderness in him for her, and because he had always told himself he could never harbor tenderness for any woman, he would not accept this feeling for what it was. He respected her, yet told himself that no woman deserved respect, since the one woman had proved lacking. He liked Ruth, yet he swore that no woman was worth liking, since one had been false. Yet a tender affection for Ruth grew in him, persisted. Since it was neither liking nor love, what could it be? He knew and laughed, scorning himself and her and all the world. But in the days that followed the fight, his thoughts came back and beat and beat again along this groove. And he watched her, wondering, wondering. The thought of her tormented him. That she was fair and clean and fine was torture to him, who believed none fair nor clean nor fine. Unconsciously he matched her against Red Paul, his son, and because she was good where Red was evil, he thought he hated her. Yet he had fought for her, yes, and won for her. He laughed unpleasantly at the thought. He remembered her kiss upon his forehead, and the touch of her gentle hand upon his hair, and his heart ached at the memory. When he thought of that other kiss, which he had taken from her, he was revolted. Yet he had taken such kisses before, and never loathed himself for them. Since she was so fair, why was she not fit for such kisses as other women gave? 
Why were her lips, softly upon his forehead, sweeter than her lips against his own? He flung the mystery aside. Forget! Not worth the wondering, but he could not forget. Black Paul was more unhappy in these days than he had ever been before, for he knew now, more surely than ever, how much he loved Red Paul, his son and hers, son of the one woman he had loved. His memories lingered about the baby that had first come to sea with him, and he contemplated the manhood to which that baby had come, and his heart ached. Alone, his head bowed upon his arms. There were times when he longed to go to the missionary for aid and counsel, but he put the wish away. This was a load that he alone must bear. Whatever his son was, he, Black Paul, had made it so. He wanted desperately at first to go to the boy and wipe the strife away. He wanted to make up with his son. His memory went back to the days of comradeship, when Red was still a lad, and he was sick with longing for their return. He thought of the black chapters of the life he had led his son, and he lashed his own soul with the whips of memory. He tried once, on the second day, to speak to Red as though nothing were amiss between them, but the mate gave him a level stare from dark and lowering eyes, and Black Paul turned away. No words had passed between them since their battle. Black Paul knew in his heart that no words of the old comradely sort would ever pass between them again. He accepted this, at last, with the old reckless laugh. There was whiskey in a bottle in his cabin. He drank deep of it. It was not like Black Paul to surrender to man or God, but in these days he was near surrender. He drank with a certain regularity as the days passed. He was never fuddled, his eye was never clouded, but he was never quite sober. There was always a reckless bravado, an unreasoning, an unreckoning carelessness about him. On deck one day, Black Paul talked with Ruth Lytton. The girl had sensed something of the sorrow and misery that enveloped him. She was drawn to him by a sympathy which was stronger than she knew. She pitied him profoundly, and would have helped him, and tried, in unostentatious ways, to cheer and comfort him, and when she knew there was liquor in him, she was sorry and uneasy. He asked her this day how she liked the voyage. She told him she was happy. This was not true. She was too sorry for him to be happy. He reminded her of the stiff gale they had fought at the time of his battle with his son. Were you frightened? he asked. She shook her head. No, she said. I was not afraid. He touched her hand suddenly and held it, chuckling. You're a pretty nervy thing for a woman, seems to me. I am not often afraid, she said. He caught her shoulder and turned her toward him then. Ever afraid of me? he asked. She smiled. No. Not even when I grabbed that kiss in the cabin? No, I could never be afraid of you, she told him, eyes meeting his bravely. Dan Darren came just then with a question, and while he and the captain spoke together, the girl moved away and went below. Black Paul, watching her, scarce heard what Darren was saying. Damn the girl, so clean and brave and good. She'd best be afraid of him. He thought he might teach her that trick some day. 
When Dan was gone, he cursed himself for a black dog because of his thought. But the drink was in him, and his heart was sick for Red Paul, and there was nothing in the world ahead. End of chapter 7